We are so excited to be gathering in person for the first time. And uh, for first time together like this for such a long time, it seems like forever since we've been able to see some beautiful faces and some, yeah, the rest of you as well. Um, really good to see you. I just, uh, I've got the mic. I haven't had the opportunity to make those jokes. But it is a brave new world. And uh, as my daughter has been reminding us, it's a whole new world. Yep. We've spent our whole lockdown watching Disney classics. We're at that stage of our parenting journey, so it's wonderful. Um, I'll be doing requests later if you want to stick around. I've got Frozen 1 and 2 down, so let me know. I know all the words, but it's really, really good. And uh, if you do not know who I am, I'm Gabe Phillips. I'm married to a beautiful girl called Fiona. She was in the front right, and believe it or not, she turns 30 tomorrow. I know, I know that. It's amazing. You wouldn't think she was a day over 21. Just uh, amazing, amazing. But a real privilege to be pastors an amazing story. But with so much change in the air, everything seems to be changed. Everything seems to be up for grabs. Nothing seems to be staying the same. We, we await with bated breath what the government will say next every week. We're like, what is the, the next agenda? It feels like the world is changing. Am I right? At a breakneck speed, nothing stays the same except for one thing. Load shedding. Load shedding, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but load shedding is something that just it's, the consistency of it is remarkable. Just it's like, it's here, just it's week in and week out, just here, just it's a comfort blanket for me. In a world of change, I know my government will provide two and a half hours of blackout every day. It's just wonderful, you know. And uh, let's be honest, a few years ago, we wouldn't, if I did a poll, what is load shedding? Some, we would have no idea. We would have all probably guessed it's what happens on the 1st of January at Virgin Active after too much Christmas ham. Or potentially what happens every morning after you've had two coffees. I digress. Welcome to church. Um, load shedding. I debated whether saying that joke many, many times this morning. I vacillated. It's like, oh, too soon. Anyway. But anyway, welcome to church. But load shedding is a, it's like this constant that's there. And, uh, and I, I want to say, I know you're probably all familiar with it as well. The, the rigors of load shedding, checking the schedule, knowing what area we're in, what's going to happen, what are we going to, have we charged all the devices? But my road is very similar to your road. An evening will come, the TVs will be blaring, you can hear what the neighbors are watching, you can hear music down the street, the radio's on full blast, uh, people are listening to the latest Taylor Swift on their laptops, the kettles are being boiled, it's, it's just a cacophony of devices on, on, are going loud, and, and then all of a sudden, as the time strikes six, boom, the whole street goes quiet, and there's nothing, it's just like this silence, until you hear... This one sound that echoes from my house without fail, our little girl, Olivia Grace, who's three years old, will raise her voice and fist in despair, and she'll say, the government! <laughs> True story, we have taught our daughter to blame any problem on the government, so we've got away with vegetable eating, the government's here, you must, oh, the government! Parenting tips, those are just for free. But um, we, that echoes out, the government, and, uh, and that's the, the crazy thing, everything goes quiet, except for one house, you, you know that house. You know that guy down your road. We despise them, you know, the prepared ones. <laughs> you know, in 2018, courtesy of uh, drought 2018, a Jojo tank arrived at his house. You know, he's the guy who's he's prepared for the he's prepared for the apocalypse. This guy, he's honestly, it feels like he's every day looking for the four horsemen to appear on the sides of the street because he's got the Jojo tank, he's got the borehole, he's got the razor wire, he's got now this new device, this mythical creature that arrived called a generator. A generator, and his whole house was rewired in a different way, and was our whole street goes quiet. Oh, the government! That house on the corner, words into life. He doesn't skip a beat. He's scrolling through Netflix there, doing his thing, and we all curse him under our breath. 
Damn you, God. But, but all jokes aside, I tell you, this is what is happening, actually, what we have been attempting to do in this series. Little did you know, this is what we have been doing in the series called Hashtag Blessed. We've been uh, attempting to, in a sense, rewire our hearts as believers to a different power supply. A different power source, something that's not dictated to by the whims of this world, not dictated to by the circumstances and pressures of this world, but that's based on a different response system. That when everyone else goes dark, we have a different source. We've got a different substance, a different place to run and hide and knit ourselves in. And I want to tell you that is what we have been doing throughout this whole series. Hashtag blessed if you did not know it. It's a series based out of Numbers chapter 6, this incredible blessing. A 3,000-year-old promise that is as relevant today as it was then. And I want to tell you, it's a, it's a whole understanding of rewiring our hearts to this different power supply. We call it the hashtag blessed, but we, in a sense, have been preaching and praying and endeavoring to move us as a people, as a church, beyond the hashtag. Because, you know, in times like this, we need more than a hashtag. We more, need more than a social media response. We need more than, than something that's superficial. We need something at a deep level, a deep level. And we've been attempting, as we read the scriptures, been leaping in our hearts, that actually this blessing is not a cheap blessing. It's actually something that cost him so much. This is a costly blessing. I want to tell you, Jesus became cursed so you can be blessed. Jesus was forsaken so you could be protected. Jesus was, was, was rejected, beaten, and killed so you can know the fullness of his presence, the fullness of his favor, the fullness of his peace. This is the blessing that's available to you and I. And it's with that junction I want to move us to today's topic, part five of the series, hashtag peace. So if you're taking notes, write that down for your own heart. We're going to take notes together because we are rewiring our hearts today. Uh, I don't know about you, but I need to rewire my heart because there's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. It is a spiritual daily battle against stress, anxiety, and fear. And I can say no one is exempt in this season. No one is exempt from this season. That actually stress, anxiety, and fear are a spiritual battle that we are coming against our souls, knocking at the doors of our, our hearts daily. And we need to understand how to rewire our hearts. So why don't we do that together today? I want to give you practical handles on how to rewire your heart to a different power supply than what the world has to offer. Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, the peace I give you. It's not as the world gives. It's a different grid system, a different power supply, but we need to learn how to rewire our hearts. So let's pray together in this moment. Father, I thank you for the privilege, the joy, the wonder of being able to sit under your words together as a people, your called out people. I thank you, Father God, for this room and the room next door and whoever else watches us. I thank you, Father, would you fill our hearts with faith so that we would know you. And that we would know your peace beyond the hashtag, beyond the superficial in a very real way. Would you do this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So four things you need to know this, this morning, this in this moment, if we're going to rewire our hearts to a different operating system called peace. Number one is this. Peace is a promise. Why don't you, why don't you say that out loud into your mouth? Peace is a promise. Oh, you guys sound good. It's been good to preach to some people finally. It's really good. I want to tell you that sociologists tell us that stress comes from three places in general. People, problems, pressure. People, problems, pressure. And uh, it's a, it's a no-brainer. We, if, we, if I gave you five seconds to think right now, the number one person who brings you stress in your life, I think we'll be able, we'll be able to be like, yep, I've got them. And don't mention my name. Come on. No, don't mention. My mother-in-law is here. I can see her going, oh, oh, him. But anyway. No, but, but I think our whole world's often wired that way. 
Our prayer lives are probably similar. We're probably saying, hey, if, if that person wasn't there on a Monday morning, that person who just needles you the wrong way, or, or that person in your family WhatsApp group who says the inappropriate thing, or that person who just riles you up on your social media feed, or you just said, if that person was moved, removed from my life, oh, I'd have peace. Or you say, that problem, if I could get over that problem, that addiction, this, 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 this thing that's impeding our family, this financial stress, if we could get over this problem, then we'll have peace. Or we say, this season of pressure, once we get through to level one of lockdown, then we'll have peace. Once businesses and tourism opens again, then we'll have peace. Once we get through this year, once we get through this parenting season, once we get through this moment in our lives, then we'll have peace because the pressure is too much. We often will speak like that, but I, I want to tell you that actually when we do that and we live our lives like that, we are tying our peace to the outcome of a situation. And when we do that, our peace is temporary and volatile at best. But I want to tell you that peace is a promise, and the power of that promise is by who gives the promise, a promise maker and a promise keeper. You see, number six says this, the, the big language is, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, and keeps going, makes His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord give you peace. The power is actually not even in the essence, it's who gives it. That's the biggest starting point we have to understand. It's the Lord who does this. It's not a pastor, not a spouse who's giving you the peace. It's not a relationship, not a meeting, not a system, not a season, not an economy, not the government, but the Lord. And when you understand this, we realize that the Lord in Scripture, He calls Himself three things around this idea of peace. Firstly, in, in the Old Testament, we understand he, he gives us His name. He says, I am Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord, your peace. Now, what's so huge about this? He's not just saying in some generic way, as Miss, Miss Universe would say, I want world peace. No, no. He says, I'm the Lord, your peace. And if you have a pen, if you in your own head underline that word, your, that means when he says Jehovah Shalom, he says, I'm intimate. I know your situation. I know your anxieties. I know the things that keep you up at night. I know the, the thoughts that plague your, your mind that you play over and over again. I know the things that raise your blood temperature. I, I, I know those things. He knows your situation. He is in your storm with you. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, your peace. He's intimate. In Isaiah 9, he says, I am, this is who God is. He says, I am the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Not only is he intimate, he says, I'm the Prince of Peace, which means he's transcendent. He's not just the Prince, in, not the Lord in your storm. He's the Lord over your storm. The Prince of Peace. Nothing takes him by surprise. He holds it all together. And actually, when we keep understanding this, that he says in the New Testament, he calls himself the God of Peace. The God of Peace. Jehovah Shalom, intimate. Prince of Peace, transcendent. The God of Peace. It's almost like a full stop, a bold, underlined ability. He says, I'm the God of Peace, declaring that I am ultimate. My peace is intimate, it's transcendent, it's ultimate. It's not of this world. He clears the playing field. And I want to say to you, Life Changes Church, you have full access to this peace because you have full access to Him. This is the fact that peace is a promise. Secondly today, peace is a pursuit. You see, if peace is a promise and the Lord does not change and He's given this to us on His behalf, He's given it to us on His account, He's given it fully to us, why are we not all living in it? Well, I would move us to point two is the fact that this is a pursuit that needs to be laid hold of, taken a hold of by us. Take, we actually have to take hold of it. And actually, in, in an essence, we have to pick up some things in the season. I have had this image in my head all week of that our lives are 
there's a series of ropes. Can you just imagine coming out from you, there's a rope along the ground here and a rope along the ground here and a rope over there. And we have the choice every day to pick up one of those ropes. But we don't know what's on the other side of them. But so often, if I know my own heart, I know our hearts as humanity, we'll pick up, we're very quick to pick up the rope of gossip. It's, it's nice, you know? Proverbs says, it's like choice, choice morsels that go down, and mm, it's nice, you know? That little meme that someone sends you, and you forward it on, and you entertain that gossip about that person, have you heard? And you pick up that, that, that one. Can I tell you, on the other side of that rope is fear, anxiety, and stress every time. And it'll pull, you in, it'll pull you in that direction. I tell you, you want to pick up this one. We pick up this one, the rope of conspiracy. Ooh, that's a good one. We all know that one. It's, it's tempting. It's, 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 a, it's an itch that demands to be scratched in the season. But I, I, I want to say this, that actually I'm not here to say yay or nay about the different conspiracies, whether 5G or this or that or this or, or what the government are doing or this. Who's the masked figure? Oh, it was the guy from Scooby-Doo. No, the whole time we're trying to, like, what's conspiracy to go after? I'm not here to say yay or nay, which one's right or which one's wrong. My job is to preach Christ. And we're going to keep doing that. But here's what I will say. You can either have conspiracy or you can have peace. You can't have both. If you pick up conspiracy, fear, anxiety, and stress are on the other side. So if you want that, go ahead with your conspiracy. If you want peace, you have to let go of that and pick up this. I'm not saying we're people who put our heads in the sand and say, we can't hear you. We're people, though, who put our hearts in His hand. We're people who put our hearts in His and, and knit our hearts towards Him. Can I tell you, maybe another rope is picking up the rope of offense. In this season, let's be honest, offense has never been more easier to take and pick up than ever before. Because it's flying. Messages are flying. You can't hear their side. You, this, this person didn't reply. They blue ticked me this. What hard did they say that? What And people under pressure? And it's so easy to pick up that, that offense. But I tell you, on the other side of the fence is stress, anxiety, and fear. You can't have offense and have peace. You choose. Peace is a pursuit. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 3. He said this clearly. Seek peace and pursue it. And he's preaching to people who are under pressure. People who are under the greatest trials of their life. He says this. Seek peace and pursue it. This is the, the condition of our hearts. Because our hearts are prone when we are wired to the things of this world our hearts are prone to be easily pulled along by stress, anxiety, and fear. But that's why we need to rewire our hearts to a different source, a different understanding. When we pick up this, we're pulled in a different way. I want to tell you on Sunday, the 17th of March, 2013. Yep, I remember the date. It was a Sunday. I came to church, and uh, in that day, there was a lot of pursuits in my head and a lot of ideas of what's happening. You know, I'm going, my, this one pursuit is, what am I going to pursue for lunch today? No, as a single man who was a bit of a ravenous appetite, I said, what am I going to pursue for lunch? McDonald's or Nando's? Hmm, yeah. Then I think, okay, what am I going to do this week? Are there, what, am I, what are my agendas from Monday to Friday this week? I had all these pursuits ahead of me. I was two weeks out from the Easter holidays. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Who am I going to see over those holidays? All these different good pursuits there. Until a, a young lady called Fiona Rollstone walks into the room. And she went and stood in the corner there, and I saw her for the first time and moved over to her. Can I tell you, in that moment, I could say to heck with what I'm having for lunch today. <laughs> I could go and have a, have a fast for the next five days, because in that moment, there was one ultimate pursuit in my heart. I needed to get together with that girl. 
My life had one pursuit, and there was only one pursuit necessary for me. And sure, she blue-ticked me for a while. Sure, she ghosted me. Sure, she didn't hear God as clearly as I did. It's not a rebuke, Fiona, but come on. But let me tell you, from that day onwards, there was one pursuit that was necessary. And that is what we have to do. We have to realign our hearts, to seek peace and pursue it. Remedy to fear is to move aggressively towards peace. I bet you never thought you'd have those two words together. If you want peace, move aggressively towards it. That is what peace is. Peace is a pursuit. It's not just a promise. It's not just a pursuit. Thirdly, peace is a power. Peace is a power. We have to understand biblically that it's not some pie in the sky, Hakuna Matata, Bob Marley, you know, just fairy tale type of peace. No, no, no. The peace that I offer here is a robust peace that has power, and it's a spiritual weapon for us. As I read scripture here, can I tell you, Philippians chapter 4, the writer Paul writes to this church under pressure, and he's writing from a jail cell, and he says this, he says, think on these things. He says, don't think on these things, regressively rewire your mind to a different narrative. Sure, are these things real? Yes. Not saying now deny the stress, not saying deny the anxiety, they're real, but actually I don't have to respond to them because actually I rewire them to a different narrative. He says, think on these things, and then he goes on to say this, he says, and then you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. Oh, I love that scripture. Peace that passes all understanding. Passes logic. It goes beyond doctor's diagnosis. It goes beyond the state of the nation, businesses, marriage. It passes understanding. But to have the peace that passes understanding means we sometimes have to give up our understanding. Let me say that again. To have the peace that passes all understanding we often have to give up our right to the understanding. But all of us want to have the understanding. We want to know how this whole situation is. What is stress and fear? Fears of the unknown. But peace says, though it is unknown, you have a different reality. You can still walk in it. Peace is a power. Can I tell you, on Monday night, my, my brother, my middle brother, Simon, they gave birth, he and his wife, not together. She gave birth. He was there as a supportive dad, biologically correct. Um, but to a little boy called Elijah. And this little boy was beautiful, but born with a hole in his lung with uh, um, the, the lungs just were not in a healthy state. Was, he was immediately whisked away from the mom, put on machines, and the doctors gave a pessimistic view of, of, of his life and potentially even if he would make it out of this time and they watched it carefully. And uh, as we tearfully navigated these first few days here as a family on the phone and talking and what's going on, what's the update, and, and trying to hear what the doctor's diagnosis is, let me tell you, in that moment, there was no superficial peace that would have said any, that would have helped him. There was no like light and fluffy, hey, you know, God's got this, it's got to go get the game through this. He needed to know. They needed to know and have the peace that passes all understanding because the understanding at this level was stress, anxiety, fear. But actually, they had to choose that we are rewired to a different one that goes beyond understanding. And this is the powerful thing. The amazing thing that scripture goes on and says, we'll have the peace that passes all understanding, and then his peace will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. This peace is a power. It is your defense. I don't know what is protecting you at the moment. I don't know if it's your, in your what, what brings peace to your heart. Is it your alarm system? Is it your retirement fund out there? Is it your offshore accounts? Is it your job? Is it the fact that, I don't know what you think is bringing you peace right now, but I tell you, when those things are removed and taken away, you need to know there's one peace that is fighting on your behalf, that is your defense system, that will guard your hearts and mind. His peace is our defense. We hide ourselves in it. We hide and enwrap ourselves and robe ourselves in his shalom, his peace, his perfect peace. And when the enemy is raining down fiery arrows of accusation upon you, 
when the enemy is knocking at your front door, when you don't know where to turn, I want to tell you in this moment, sir, ma'am, young, old, wherever you find yourself in, his peace will guard your hearts and minds. It is our defense. But scripture also tells us not only our defense, it's our offense, our place of forward momentum. Romans 16 verse 20 says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. Oh, I love that. I love that narrative. They almost don't, the God of peace will wage war on your behalf. His peace will fight on your behalf. When, when you are tucking yourself in, he is fighting for you. When you're trusting that supply system, that source, there is a, an advancement that's going on in your heart. You see, this is the amazing thing. We fight and wage war from that place. We find our safety from that place because his peace is a power because it's a spiritual stronghold that is taking down. That is what peace is. Peace is a promise. Peace is a pursuit. Peace is a power. And fourthly and finally this morning, peace is a person. Peace is a person. In Mark chapter 4, there's this incredible narrative of Jesus and his disciples. Disciples who are these young fishermen, robust boys who've, who've grown up on the, on the lakeside, who, who have, their parents were fishermen, they are fishermen, they know their, their fingernails always smell like the tuna aisle at Pick and Pay. It's just like, you know, it's that they are just fishermen to the core. They have seen high days and tough days. They know storms. And they get in the boat with Jesus. Jesus said, we're going the other side. Jesus falls asleep, has a little nap. And these fishermen who know storms, the Bible tells us that a storm of all storms rises up. And, and we know it's a massive storm because they were scared. If fishermen are nervous of a storm, you know it's a big one. So a storm of all storms, it's for me, it's like lockdown, load shedding, recession, junk status rolled into one. If you want to know, Mark chapter 4 is just right there. The storm right 2020 above it. That's what it was. A storm of all storms. And they start to freak out. And they look and they can't reconcile Jesus sleeping to their storm. Jesus sleeping to their storm. What is going on? They wake him up. Do you not care if we drown? And Jesus gets up and says, you of little faith. And with, he stands up and speaks to the storm. And Jesus speaks, speaks these words, peace be still. And the Bible says the wind and the waves obeyed his voice. The message version says the wind and the waves ran out of breath. Oh, I love that. And the, the, the disciples' response is they're quivering. The Bible does say that they, they're almost more afraid now when they see Jesus because they said, who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? And I want to say to all of our hearts, my heart included, the wind and waves still know his name. This, I tell you, coronavirus knows his name. Recession knows his name. They fear his name. His voice can speak peace in a moment and they will run out of breath. That situation will stop he is the God who is in the storm with you, and he's the God over the storm. He is all loving, and he's all powerful. This is who we serve, the God who calms the wind and the waves. And this is the amazing thing for you and I that I believe is available for us today, in this moment, and every day. Peace from God. What does that mean? That actually his peace can break into your situation and bring calm. Where there's chaos reigning, that actually he still is the God who can walk up and say, peace be still, and situations can come in line, and peace can enter your situation. Peace from God is available. Secondly, I want to tell you, the peace of God is available. What is the difference? Peace of God is saying, my peace can be in your heart, that the wind and waves can be bashing around you, but they will not be raging in your heart. When everyone else is falling apart, you'll still be able to stand because the peace of God, I don't just need the peace from God, I've got the peace of God. I can walk through any storm and it won't touch me. 
But here's the kicker. You cannot have peace with, from God or the peace of God unless you have peace with God. Peace with God. You see, at the beginning, I said there's three big uh, sociologists say that bring stress, anxiety, fear into lives. People, problems, pressure, all true. But I want to say today, there's actually, if you removed all those, there is one enemy to your peace that's larger than any. It's called sin. 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 And, and, and this is the, the prophet Jeremiah. He, he spoke at length of this. He said, woe to the preachers, the pastors, the, the priests, to declare peace, peace to the people when there is no peace. And I'm not standing here saying, peace, 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 kumbaya, move out here, it's all fine. Unless you are, have peace with God, you're under the greatest stress and anxiety and fear that you could ever navigate. There is only one place of perfect peace. It's in repentance and allowing His grace to fill your heart. And I know that. It's not just a one-time thing. It's an ongoing repentance, turning our hearts towards Him, reminding our hearts we are rewired to a different source, a different narrative, a different place of power. And this is the, the power for you and I. I really believe, sir, ma'am, that today is a day to come home. In the room next door, in this room here, today is the day that God appointed, not for relaunching church, not for social distance church, no, but for sons and daughters to rewire their heart back to Him. And uh, I've got a little girl I've mentioned many, many times, Olivia. And at the beginning of lockdown, or just a few weeks before that, uh, just before her third birthday, she came home, but a teacher sent us a message and said, your, your little girl bit some kids at school today. That's when we realized we've made it as parents. We've got to the biting phase. It's my book. You can pick it up at the end. It's a joke. I, I don't have a book. But this incredible this little girl who's so perfect, she bit some kids and she comes home very jaunty, happy to be home, but now we know we want to deal with this thing. You know, we don't want a vampire child. That vampire thing went out with Twilight. That's not cool anymore. Stop that. So we sat her down and we said, Livy, and she's like, yes, dad, yes, dad. I said, we're biting some kids at school today. Her whole face falls. She's been caught out. eh? She, how did you know? And her little lip is quivering and she doesn't know what to do and her eyes are darting between us and down. And then she does something I never thought she would ever do. Because we parents, we love her. She jumps off the couch and runs and hides behind a curtain. Clinging to the curtain. Doesn't want to be seen. She felt exposed. She doesn't know where to go. And I remember that moment that I got up and walked across the room and lives, lives, lives. I had to pull out of the curtain and remind her who I was and who she was to me and how loved she was no matter what happened. But actually, there's a, actually we got to unwire these things and wire to a different source. Livia, I didn't use those words. That's for us, yeah? But... But I, as I remember the story, I realize that actually I think a lot of us have, have felt exposed in the season. And we've run to different sources of hiding. We've run to different relationships we shouldn't have been running to. We've been running to different places of, of safety. We've been we've running to gossip. We've been running to offense. We've been running to places of anxiety and stress and trying to cope and mechanisms and unhelpful habits and things and addictions. And we've been hiding ourselves in there where today the father comes and pursues you and says, no, no, son, daughter, it's time to rewire your heart come out of hiding. He wants to cover you, not to expose you. He wants to empower you. But that peace comes when we repent and say, Jesus, I trust you. We turn back to him with every head bowed in this moment in both rooms. I want to tell you that peace is a promise from a promise maker and a promise keeper. Peace is a pursuit that we get to pick up every day. We get to choose that. And as we pursue it, we get to release that peace is a power. It will guard your hearts. It will crush the enemy. Peace is your defense and your offense. 
But we have to make a decision today. Is peace a circumstance for us or is peace a person named Jesus? Is he the full stop? Is he the all in all for you and I? So I'm going to count to three with every head bowed. I'm going to ask for you a chance to respond to him by lifting your hands. We lift our hands not for any reason. We're not counting. I'm not looking. It's just to activate faith and say, I'm coming out of hiding. I'm repenting of sin. I'm rewiring my heart to you, Jesus. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three. One, he's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, your peace. Two, He's the Prince of Peace above your situation. And three, He's the God of Peace who's ultimate and He's the one who has the final say in your life. Would you lift your hands and respond to Him now? Lift your hands if that's you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, as these hands are lifted, I thank you, Father, the hands of repentance, saying, Jesus, I'm coming home. You are my source. You are the substance. You are everything. I find my identity, security in you. I turn all my back on the things I've been finding safety in. I turn my back on things I've been giving my time and my emotions to. You are the Lord of my life. You are the God of peace. And today, by your spirit, would you rewire my heart to you? Would you rewire my heart to your source, to your grace, to your goodness, to your blood that never fails? I thank you, Father God. Would you do this by the power of your spirit? as we today choose to pursue peace and pursue you above all else. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Why don't we stand to our feet all over this room? If you're comfortable, why don't you raise your hands to him, close your eyes. I want to pray this blessing with this emphasis over your heart, over your minds, over your situation, over your anxieties, over your fears, over your stress over your relationships, over the problems, over the seasons you're in. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you and protect you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. May He be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you in fullness of favor. And may the Lord, Jehovah Shalom, may the Lord, the Prince of Peace, May the Lord, the God of peace, give you the fullness of his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.